fan of this working on Monday thing. Last week was nice. Next week, spoiler alert, going to be nice again. This week, not so much, especially when Brian Middleton has decided to take a day off. Can't get a full staff Monday around here for anything. Holy cow. ESPN 690. Overtime with Kurtz and Middleton. But it's just Kurtz today. Casey Kurtz on a Monday. Brian Middleton is out. And we said it's okay, Brian Middleton, because we have the lightning edition of the show today. FSU basketball coming up next against North Carolina. FSU finishes up their home season tonight. They are 9-20 and 20 on the year. North Carolina only 18-11, and 11, so maybe a chance for FSU to get back in the win column and win number 10 on the season. It's coming up at 6.30. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock right here. And the last game for Florida State in the regular season coming up against Virginia Tech on Saturday. But also a big night for the A-Sun and the North Florida Ospreys. My favorite college basketball team, Swoop. Non-biased, just an alum, it's fine. They start the A-Sun play tonight. They will play at Liberty, but follow me here. They will play at Liberty, but they will play against Bellarmine because they're on the road. They do the tournament from the seating places, a whole bunch of confusing things that don't really matter. But the important part of the story is this. They will play Bellarmine tonight, a team that they just beat in regular season play at home. So hopefully they can continue to carry that winning recipe against Bellarmine and pick up a win tonight. So college basketball is alive and well, and it makes sense because we are just a couple of days away from March. But one thing that never, ever, ever stops is the NFL. And yes, it's confirmed the salary cap does not exist Trent Balky and the boys working this weekend, restructuring, extending, doing all kinds of things to keep the same Jags roster and do it for less, which I have some thoughts on. But the news is this. Foye Aluakin, the linebacker, as you know, they created $10.3 million in cap space this weekend, converting into salary, salary into signing bonuses, adding years, doing all kinds of things. But the point of the story is this. They saved $10.3 million. I don't know how they did it. I don't have a calculator handy. It's fine. But they did it. It exists. Foye's getting paid either way, and he'll be on the field for the Jags for $10.3 million less. That is a big number. They are still significantly over the salary cap, but it doesn't exist. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. They will get that figured out. Roy Robertson-Harris is interesting. Roy Robertson-Harris is a guy that, although played fantastically, and I mean fantastically, against Tennessee at the end of the season and in the playoffs against the Chargers, and even before the Tennessee, the pseudo-playoff game, even though it was just the last game of the season, towards the back half of the year, he played excellent, but I didn't know if that was enough to keep him here with the cap hit. Well, no worries. No problem. An extension with Roy Robertson-Harris for three years. Three years, $30 million. It brings the cap hit down significantly. He was going to be over $10 million of a cap hit this year. They will bring that number down, which is huge because you saw the potential. You have seen moments from Roy Robertson-Harris and seen that he can be a good player. But it's been in flashes. Can they put it together consistently? Mike Caldwell, the Jags coaching staff, they think so because they have him here another three years. Yes, the big part of that is bringing down the salary cap hit for this year. But still 29 years old, 
A lot of good football still ahead of him. A leader on this team. We talked about the speech he gave in the locker room when they were down to the Chargers at halftime. And even on the field, you saw it on the the Jags video that they had telling Trevor and the offense, hey, we got your back. We'll make plays for you if you can just make plays for us. And they did just that. So surprising for my money because I didn't think they would find a way to keep Roy Robertson Harris at the cap hit. They extend him. They bring the cap hit down. All things good on the Roy Robertson Harris front. And then Jermichael Hasty. Oh, Jermichael Hasty. The waiver claim that I believe I said would be the most impactful last preseason. Go back and look it up, folks. But the point of the story is this. He has signed a new deal. He's here in Jacksonville for the long term. Maybe maybe a little dramatic, but he is here next year. Guaranteed, Jermichael Hasty. I think it's a good move. I don't think that that is exclusive to not adding another running back. I still think they could do that. I think they should draft another running back. I know Snoop Connor is there as well. But you could still use a veteran presence in that room if you decide to go that route. But with the salary cap situation, it's probably more likely you draft one. And we'll see what they do. But an interesting move, Jermichael Hasty, a guy that I thought was gone just because you needed every dollar that you had to bring guys like Andrew Wingard back, try to make the deal for Evan Ingram. C.J. Beathard obviously got some money, which started this whole thing last week. But, hey, I am in favor of Jermichael Hasty coming back to this football team. And overall, with those moves, the Jags are still like $12.5 million over the salary cap, but plenty of moves to be made. Shaq Griffin is still on this roster. I can't imagine a situation where he's on this roster when we get to training camp. But stranger things have happened. But his cap hit alone will put you back in the green, I do believe. And you still have to work out a deal for Evan Ingram. Maybe Jawan Taylor. The way they're moving money around right now, we'll see. Still moves to be made. Still free agents to sign. Still potentially positions they can upgrade. But good moves by Trent Baalke and the Jags front office this weekend. And boys were working. Even when Monster Jam was going on, they were in the offices, apparently listening to Monster Jam and restructuring contracts. But it does bring up an interesting point, I think. They've now kept four of their own players. They were never going to lose a Lewican, but Roy Robertson, Harris, a Lewican, C.J. Beathard, and now Jamichael Hasty being four players that you know for sure are coming back. Is it the right move? Now, you don't have the money to go get other big-name free agents in a spot like Roy Robertson Harris had. So knowing what you know is better than not knowing the unknown. I do understand that. But me and Brian argued about this last week. Is the Jags roster, as currently constructed, coming off of last year, and let's say with Evan Ingram and Tech, are they good enough to win the AFC? And a lot of you voted on Brian Middleton's poll because he is the master of the poll. Pause. And said they're one defensive player away, maybe even one offensive player away. And if you continue to restructure and bring back your own guys, is your roster really getting any better? It's a fair question. I think Roy Robertson Harris was deserving of being here. But could they have used that money to upgrade the position? Could you have found a deal for another free agent? Maybe. There's a lot of good free agents out there. Could you have brought in a veteran in that position like Fletcher Cox from the Eagles, who's won a Super Bowl and is a veteran presence in the locker room? I don't know. 
But I think the conversation is interesting. Roy Robertson Harris or a veteran that you could spend that money on. And you know what? We'll never know because Roy Robertson Harris is coming back. But this Jags roster, I don't think, is good enough to win the AFC if they keep everybody. And I understand the appeal. And I said it last week. There's two ways to look at this. You can look at it from the optimistic side and say, yes, they were one or two plays away from beating Kansas City in Arrowhead with a chance to go to the AFC Championship. You could also look at it from the other side and said they lost to Kansas City twice this season. Whether it was a player way or not, you still lost to them twice. Now, both on the road. I get that. And you're in a division where if you take care of your division, the road games they will play this year, not a lot of tough ones because you get to play Tampa and you get to play New Orleans. But you do have to play the Bengals. You do have to play the Bills. But is there a scenario where the Jags can run off the easy games, take care of the division, and be in a position to not have to go on the road in the AFC playoffs? Maybe. I'm not saying it's probable because Kansas City is still Kansas City. Cincinnati, in my opinion, is still Cincinnati. And Buffalo, they're still Buffalo. So is it likely that the Jags will get to play Kansas City in the playoffs at home at any point in time? I'm not going to say it's likely. It's possible. Can they beat them at home? Maybe. If you're one or two plays away on the road, I think you could make that argument. But the truth is still they lost to Kansas City twice this season. And Kansas City is going to get better. Spoiler alert. Will they bring Juju back? I don't know. But will they draft somebody that will probably make an impact? It seems like they always do. Isaiah Pacheco has come on for them. And if they can run the football the way they did in the Super Bowl in the regular season, take some pressure off Patrick Mahomes just to make the plays when he has to, look out. Look out. You know how I feel about Cincinnati? So is this Jags roster, if they run it back with the exact same team, good enough? And I think it's a fair question, and I think the answer is no. So where will they get an impact player? Well, it's got to be the draft. It has to be the draft. And the Jags, outside of the last two seasons, and to be honest, the jury's still out on last season, but the Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne draft, Tyson Campbell as well, Andre Sisco, that looked to be a home run. Can they do it again when they're picking outside of the top 20? Heck, outside of the top 10, the way the Jags have been rolling. But at pick 24, you have to find that impact player. That is the only way, reasonably, unless you do some crazy stuff with the salary cap and bring in a free agent, to find that impact player. PFF releasing a two-round mock draft today, having the Jags at 24 take Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame. The write-up is this, with Evan Ingram potentially out of Jacksonville following a career year, the Jags would love to add a reliable player like Mayer to continue emphasizing the tight end passing game as quarterback Trevor Lawrence ascends in Doug Peterson's offense. The bottom line is this, Mayer is one of the highest floor players in the draft. You know you're getting a complete, productive tight end at a high level. However, can he separate enough to be a true difference maker? That's what PFF thinks. I don't know. The Michael, Michael Mayer is an interesting prospect in this draft because, now granted, everyone's mock drafts is just all pro guessing, but I've seen this guy mocked in the top 15. I've seen him mocked in the second round. So 24... 
I don't know if it's a steal. It seems feasible. I don't know. But I can't imagine. Well, first of all, we'll start with this. If they re-sign Evan Ingram, that pick is not going to be a tight end. No way, no how. If they do not re-sign Evan Ingram, if they do not tag and get a deal done, if for some reason Evan Ingram is wearing a different primary jersey color than Teal this year, the pick at 24, I think, should be a tight end. Not could, should. Whether it's Michael Mayer, whether it's Dalton Kincaid, or whether it's my guy from Georgia, number zero, Darnell Washington, who I would love for them to pick even if Evan Ingram comes back because that is a freak of nature. They don't make humans like they make Darnell Washington at 6'7", 280. They just don't make people like that. So what does that pick look like if they do bring back Evan Ingram? If you follow the tea leaves, if you read C.J. Beathard's hat as he's wearing a B-Easy hat as he signs his deal, you follow the cryptic tweets from Evan Ingram and the Jags and Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk. What happens at 24? Well, according to PFF, these are some of the players they have going after the Jags pick at 24. So in theory, would be available if you don't pick the tight end. Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from USC. I know that would spark a lot of your interest. And a lot of you voted one offensive player away the Jags are from being that team. I don't know if you're right or wrong. But if they drafted Jordan Addison, I would be shocked. But I know it will get a lot of you excited. At 26, they have Bijan Robinson going to the Dallas Cowboys. That ain't happening here in Jacksonville, no matter if he's available or not. And a guy that Brian Middleton loves, loves, they have going at 27. He's not here to defend him right now. But that is Osiris Torrance from the University of Florida. They have him going at number 27 to the Bills. Brian Middleton's an offensive line guy. He will tell you about it likely tomorrow when he is back. But this is an interesting pick. The write-up is, and by the way, at 27, they have him going to the Bills, but... The write-up is the Bills must get more reliable along the interior of the offensive line. In his first year as an SEC player, Torrance showed he was one of the best interior players in the country against the best competition. Plug and play guard is used here. So the question, if you have the ability to draft this man and Evan Ingram comes back, Osiris Torrance, outside of the fact he's a Florida Gator, which I know will annoy most of you because they have not had World-class success with drafting Florida Gators, although Jawan Taylor developed nicely after a couple of years. Is that something that's feasible? Cornerback is a position I want them to draft, secondary as a whole. But is this a guy that you could put at your left guard and be a staple next to Luke Fortner for five, six, seven, eight years or more? And I know you have a Ben Barch, who it's easy to forget about because he missed nearly all of the season, with an injury, he still exists. But is this a move you make? Certify that offensive line? In this scenario, Jawan Taylor, I'm guessing, leaves in free agency. But Cam Robinson, Osiris Torrance, Luke Fortner, Brandon Sheriff, Walker Little? Now, you could convince me of that. I think they have a bigger need at the cornerback position. I think they have a massive need at somebody who can rush the passer, whether it be an outside linebacker, whether it be a big end, whether it be someone who rushes from the defensive tackle position. I don't care. They need a pass rusher. But Osiris Torres consistently mocked after the Jags pick. If Evan Ingram comes back and tight end is not in play there, I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting argument to make because then you still have Ben Barch in that depth role, which they needed this year. We saw it. They needed Tyler Shatley when Ben Barch got hurt. 
They needed Walker Little when Cam Robinson and Jawan Taylor get hurt in the same football game, but mostly Cam Robinson, who then went out for the season. But they needed Walker Little. They needed offensive line depth. So is Osiris Torrance a guy you could take at 24? I think possibly. You could convince me. If Brian Middleton was here, he would certainly try to convince you. Overtime with Kurtz and Middleton, ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz with you, riding solo. Brian Middleton is out today on the lightning edition of the show. FSU basketball coming up next if you missed it in the first couple of minutes of the show. We're talking all Jags, and we're looking at this mock draft that just came out from PFF. If you missed it, they had the Jags taken Michael Mayer at number 24. But I'm scrolling past number 24 to see what else could be available if the Jags could get a deal done with Evan Ingram. And not too far down the line at pick number 29, Miles Murphy from Clemson. Now, you've had success with Clemson players recently. I'd say a lot of success with Clemson players. Do you go for another one? An edge rusher, six foot five, 275 pounds, and according to PFF, with a ton of athletic potential. Now, in this mock, they do have them going to the Saints, as I mentioned, but it's a position of need. It is an elite position, and it is a position of need. I would not be upset with this because of how bad you need the position. But as Brent Martineau always says, you can't draft to make up for a mistake. And I'm not saying Trayvon Walker's a mistake. But if you go back to what happened when they got rid of Jalen Ramsey and Unique Ngakwe, C.J. Henderson and Caleb on Chason, that's the example that everyone points to. They drafted out of being desperate. And how did it work out? Not good. So are you desperate for a pass rusher? I would say they are. I would say desperate's a word to use here, especially if Arden Key were to leave in free agency. Do you make that desperation play at 24? It's for you to decide. I'm not making the pick. You could convince me. That's what I like about this draft. You could convince me in a lot of positions and a lot of players. Now, it helps when you're picking 24 and you don't really know what's going to be on the board when you get there. But there's a lot of players and positions you could convince me of. Pass rusher is not something that I need to be convinced. You need one. You might need two. Can Devin Lloyd play that role? I would venture to say yes. Can you go into camp if you lose Arden Key with only a potential for Devin Lloyd there? No. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. You need more depth than that. And remember, Smoot's going to be coming off the Achilles if he's here because that's another guy you have to re-sign if they choose to do so. By the way, second on the team in sacks. Not Arden Key. Dewan Smoot. In that losing stretch in the middle of the season, we were talking about Dewan Smoot as maybe their best pass rusher. You remember those days? I do. I was leading the charge. You need depth. You really need starters. But you also need depth at that position. Moving along in this mock, a guy that has been picked to Jacksonville many a time, Keely Ringo from Georgia. They have him going 32nd here to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So not... Not even in the first round. I know what you're thinking. Why is 32nd not in the first round? It's because the Dolphins gave up their pick for cheating. Cheaters. So they have Keely Ringo going in the second round, which is interesting. A guy that keeps falling on boards. We'll see what happens after the combine this week. But 
Just an interesting little note there as a player that has been mocked to Jacksonville many a time. But as you get down to pick 56 in this mock, so Jack's second-round pick, they have Cam Smith, the corner who we caught up with on Radio Row at the Super Bowl, with the 56th pick. This is a guy that's consistently mocked in the first round. What is happening to these cornerbacks? They're falling. There's no way, I believe, that Cam Smith will be there at 56. If Cam Smith is there at 56, heck, if Cam Smith is there at 46, you trade up and go get that man. Position of need, check. Played in an elite conference against elite receivers, check. Game of the year against Tennessee, who had incredible receivers, check. Ain't no way this man's falling to 46. Ain't no way this man's falling to 40. And if he does, somebody in that Jags front office better be on the phone trading up to get this man like they did with Devin Lloyd last year. That is wild, Cam Smith. Mock to the Jags at 56 in round two. Wouldn't be mad at it. Would not be mad at it. Let me give you another mock quickly before we get out of here on overtime with Kurtz and Middleton. And this one comes from CBS Sports. And as we just mentioned, these mocks are all over the place. I'll read you down picks 22 to 24 before we get to the Jags because it's a couple players I just mentioned. At 22, it has the Ravens selecting Osiris Torrance from the University of Florida. At 23, Keely Ringo, the cornerback from the Minnesota Vikings. And at number 24, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Michael Mayer again. Ask yourself this question. Do people doing mock drafts know anything? I don't know how you answered because I'm not in the car or at your house with you. If you answered yes, when there's smoke, there's fire. If you answered no, I might agree with you. Now, are the people that are making mock drafts connected to Jacksonville or every team? No, that is not the case. So do national writers understand what could be happening with Evan Ingram and the tea leaves he's leaving for Jags fans? I would say probably not. But it is certainly interesting to see back-to-back mocks with Michael Mayer, the tight end. The write-up is this. Mayer is more Gronk than Kelsey, but that's not a bad thing. Mayer is more Gronk than Kelsey, but that's not a bad thing. What does that mean? Why would that be a bad thing in any sense of the word? Anyway, he won't test as well as some of the other more athletic tight ends in the class, but he does everything well. In Jacksonville, he could replace Evan Ingram if the team is unable to re-sign him after a career year. Is there smoke? Is there fire? I don't think so. But maybe. Just maybe. By the way, in this mock, after the Jags pick at 24, little run on receivers, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba to the Giants. They need it. Jalen Hyatt to Dallas. I wouldn't say they need it. Drew Sanders is an interesting player out of Arkansas. He was mocked to the Jags a couple weeks back. Outside linebacker. Rushes the passer. Nice season in 2021. Pretty decent season in 2022. Picked a 27 by Buffalo in this mock. He's somebody that I would not be mad to see in Jacksonville. 
Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle to Cincinnati. They need it. Cam Smith in this mock at 29 to the Saints. That seems more like it. PFF. Second round. Mid-second round. What are we doing here? Bijan Robinson to the Eagles at 30. Holy cow. That'd be scary. And B.J. Ojolari to Kansas City in this mock. The pass rusher from LSU. Certainly interesting. And the combine this week will certainly change these mock drafts where they have players put. And then we move at a rapid pace towards pro days and the draft. And I know you're wondering. I know you're wondering. Casey, where's Anthony Richardson in this mock? Where's Anthony Richardson? He's at seven in this mock. To the Las Vegas Raiders. Also, Will Levis at eight in this mock. The PFF mock, a little bit different when you're talking about Anthony Richardson. They have him going at count them, one, two, third, in a trade scenario to the Carolina Panthers. Anthony Richardson's going to be a fun draft night watch at the bare minimum. Rooting for him, like him, it's going to be interesting. One way or another, it's going to be interesting. And that's going to do it, the lightning edition of Overtime with Kurtz and Middleton on ESPN 690. Solo Kurtz today. Brian Middleton back in the fold tomorrow. We will ask him where the heck he was on a Monday. We got to be working on Mondays around here, says the guy who had last Monday off and the guy that has next Monday off as well. Sorry, not sorry. Coming up next, FSU basketball. As you know, we're the home for Florida State football and basketball right here in Jacksonville in Northeast Florida, and you know you get the signal for ESPN 690 pretty much everywhere. As we push towards March Madness, which, by the way, is also on ESPN 690. You know we had it last year. We have it again this year. But FSU will try to pick up win number 10 on the season tonight as they play the North Carolina Tar Heels, who are also struggling. It is going to be a wild March, folks, if you didn't know. If you haven't been keeping up with college basketball, it is going to be nuts. Pick some upsets in your bracket when we get there. Can't wait to fill out a bracket. But we're not there yet. We are almost there. But coming up, can FSU pull off the win against the North Carolina Tar Heels? You hear it next. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Casey Kurtz. Have a great night. We will talk to you again tomorrow. I want to eat a spicy chicken in my Tesla. Is it too much to ask?